Books choose their readers, not the other way around. I believe that booksellers are the matchmakers. Cecilia Ahern. You're listening to Writing Roots, brought to you by Aspen House Publishing. Welcome to Writing Roots. I'm Lee Hole. And I'm Lieses. We are talking today about storefronts, places that you want your readers to go in order to find your book. If you are self-publishing, remember that it is not impossible to get your book on a shelf, on a physical shelf. You are not limited only to ebook. You are not limited only to Amazon or whatever other website is out there to publish. Before we get into where to start your search, understand that writing your book may be the dream career, but selling your book needs to be treated like a job. You can't just post it on Amazon and hope somebody eventually finds it. We have a couple recommendations here to help you with that. One is to spend an allotted amount of time every day online working to advertise, working to push your book, posting things on your pages, posting things on your social media, on your website to get customer and reader interaction, to get them to share your book with other places. But it's not just online. Think about where you go to purchase books. If Brandon Sanderson comes out with a brand new book, where are you headed first? The bookstore. So yes, your marketing efforts can all point to your Amazon page and leaving reviews and this and that. But if you already have that fan base, they might not be looking there to get the latest copy of your book. Some places will host your book and you come by once a month and go, okay, sweet, you have a paycheck. I will give you more of my print versions and we will keep this going until my next book comes out and then you can have two books. Sometimes these places will have open mic nights where they bring in somebody who is a professional at whatever they do and they get to demonstrate their soap making process or read their poetry aloud or whatever it is. I've also seen some marketing events of a local author at Barnes & Noble, for example. They work out with Barnes & Noble to have the books on the shelves, but then they also arrange a time to set up a table at the front door to help actively advertise and sell the book. One author that I ran into that was my favorite is you would walk in the door and he would look at you and go, who's your favorite author? And if you didn't know an answer, he would hand you his book to preview and say, I could be your favorite author. It was so endearing because he was so active and charismatic about it. And that is something that can help you if you have these live in-person events. If you're indie publishing, Barnes & Noble more often than not wants to see a collection of books. If you're writing a series, they want to see the whole series published before they're going to host it. But a lot of your local mom and pop shops, a lot of your local tourist traps are great places to start because they make their money on stuff that nobody else carries. So if you want to have your book in a brick and mortar shop, start local. Boots on the ground, get out there, start talking to shop owners. Yes, it takes work. It is worth it. 
because having your book out there in more than just a purchase online is more likely to get your book into people's hands. We talked in our target audience episode about joining local clubs in order to find your audience where they are. If you're part of these clubs, many of them are store owners or something of the like. They'll know somebody who'd be like, oh yeah, I totally support you. I bet this doctor's office would carry your self-help book if you want it. Talk to these people. Say, hey, do you know of anybody who's looking for it? The library will probably just do one copy because they only have one copy of pretty much everything, but it won't cost you much. You could probably do live reads, especially if you have YA books, and you can get into the hands of a far wider reader base. Also look at local comic cons. This is hard to do in giant ones like San Diego and Salt Lake, where you have these huge giant events. Tables are really expensive there. But there are little kind of mom-pop comic cons that are popping up everywhere that you can get a table to display your work for relatively cheap. Then you get that opportunity to talk to people in your target audience. And if these tables are expensive, talk to your writing club. Talk to published authors that you know in the area. A lot of them are interested in going in with you on a booth so that you can have your books on this half of the table and their books on this half of the table, and you can split the cost and both reap the profits. And you can offer slight discounts for people who buy at the con. 25% off if you buy now. And we've said this before, and I will keep saying it all month long at least. If they're a fan of you, they're going to be a fan of the book. Seeing someone face-to-face going, I'm your new favorite author, is a great way, regardless of the genre, to get them to at least look at the book. That guy at that Barnes & Noble was so charismatic, I bought his book. But I bought his book because I was interested, because he was fun, because we had a good interaction. On that note, if you do have a table, don't get discouraged if it doesn't seem like your stuff is popular. It may not be for the people coming across. And that will give you an idea of what other kind of events you need to do in the future. And even if they don't purchase your book, it's still like you're a walking magazine ad or Facebook ad. They still see your brand, which is still a success. Bookmarks, business cards, you can get those printed for fairly cheap that have your branding on it. Do it because if you can get something in their hands, even if they don't buy the book right away, they might look at that business card later and say, oh yeah, I meant to do that. I just didn't have money at the time. And if you have another book coming out, because this should be going on regardless of where you are in the publishing process, you can sell them book one and give them a free bookmark that says, hey, book two is coming out at this date. So they'll read it and have the advertisement for the next book in the series already in their hands. Contact places where people have to wait. The dentist's office, auto repair shops, coffee shops, places that people sit for a while and might not have something to do. See if you can leave a reader copy there. However, don't do this if your book shouldn't be read by kids 
or if there is any severe triggering content in it. Yeah, this comes to knowing who your target audience is. And if it's hyper niche, then this might not be the best method. But if you're doing a coffee table book, something with a lot of pictures, something that everyone might enjoy, leaving that with a little sticker on the inside cover going, scan this with your phone and it'll take you to a link to purchase this book so you can have it in your home. That goes back to the call to action that we talked about last episode. Having them see it, like it, forget about it, or see it, like it, purchase it right there while they're waiting for their oil to be changed. Don't forget about brick and mortar when you are looking at selling your book. They can be effective even if you are self-publishing or indie publishing. Let's get to online sales as this is vastly more popular than brick and mortar because it is easily accessible across a lot of different places. You want to make sure that wherever the first place that your audience goes to find your book, the book is there. If you're exceptionally popular with iPhone users, for whatever reason, (laughs) make sure your book is available in the Apple bookstore. A lot of people, when they think of ebooks, online books, will automatically go to Amazon. This is one of the most popular platforms for self-publishing and ebook publishing. A lot of that has to do with their ease of publishing, especially if you are offering both an ebook and a print book and even an audiobook. They have it all in one spot. Nook, same thing. Nook is sort of phasing out, but they still have a collection. And if you want to get into a Barnes and Noble brick and mortar, having your book in the Nook collection already is a bonus to help you get there. Google Play is another place that a lot of people look. They're Google Play books. Can you publish on all of these platforms or are you stuck to only one? The more the merrier. Read the fine print carefully when you're publishing on Amazon because some of the options will ask you to give them exclusive rights to hosting your book. This is especially in the audiobook world. So if you're publishing on a outside platform, Don't skim over the fine print. Make sure you read those details carefully before you just publish. But your best place for talking to your fandom will be your website. They're going there to get updates on when the next book is going to come out. You can also work with other authors if your website is strong. A benefit of having your own website is that you don't blend into the crowd. This is a big problem on Amazon, Nook, Google Play, Apple, any of those online publishing sites. Focusing your efforts on where you find books and how you learn about books will make it feel like you aren't wasting your time. And it never hurts to try. Because if you are successful, if you do get your name out there and people start buying your books... There's so much gratification there, and it made all of the process worth it. And to start that process, you just need to write selfishly. If you have a question or comment for our hosts or a topic you'd like us to cover, send us an email at writingroots at aspenhousepublishing.com or find us on Facebook by searching for Aspen House Publishing. 